And as we remember what it is that the Lord has done or what he did for us there at Calvary. And then what happened a few days later when he resurrected from the day. And as we look at this event that happened, every one of us knows this particular story well. It is not a new story. We have heard it from the time when we were young or maybe from the time when we uh, came to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every year after year, almost in every Sunday, we remember and we speak about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time we take the Lord's table, it is something that comes to mind yet once again about the resurrection. Essentially, when you look at it, you realize something that is basically the most important event that, you know, that happened or that was right in the center of God's redemption plan. Right from the time when he decided that Jesus would die, if this event hadn't taken place, nothing else that God has done would have been of any value or of any effect. Everything would have reached a standstill had this event not happened. And if you remember the series that I have been teaching, that is the mystery of faith. Today we will look at the resurrection. We will look at the mystery of faith from the perspective of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I would like us to share and to incorporate this particular series into this, particular, into this event that happened on that wonderful day when our Lord rose from the day. So as I've said, it is the most important event that happened in God's redemption plan. And more so also, it is the most important event that actually happens to be within the Christian calendar. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate even the death of Jesus Christ. Very wonderful events and very glorious events. Make no mistake about it. But this resurrection, the resurrection was the climax of everything. Everything hinges on it. Everything holds onto it. And as I say, just as we finished last time, and I remember Pastor Phil speak or spoke almost of the similar on the similar aspect, fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus or looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That is the center or the core purpose of the resurrection to hold and to attract our attention, to get our focus and our eyes to be lifted up to look unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And why is it important? Just briefly, we look at something that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. From verse 12 up to around verse 20, I'll just read it is self-explanatory. It says, now if Jesus, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified that God has that he has raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. 
if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men and women the most pitiable. Verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. That is something that the Lord is putting forth unto us, that if he was not resurrected from the dead, essentially it means that our preaching will be empty. Our faith will be futile. Our faith will be empty. And what is this particular faith? Imagine Paul says the faith will be futile. Why? Because this particular faith is the door that accesses us into everything that is of God. Remember, God has said without faith, it is impossible to please him. Meaning faith is at the center of everything that relates unto our father. And so he comes and he tells us once again, if we remind ourselves in Hebrews 12 verse 2. He says that, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, uh, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Basically, he indicates unto us that one thing, that as we said last time, Jesus came to be able to put together this particular faith so that you and I could get back into the plan and into the purposes of God. And the desire of God is to stir up that particular faith in you, that one faith that has been given unto us. We have said it is the victory that overcomes the world. And we are encouraged to contend, to stand for it, to make sure nobody erases or rubbishes that particular faith of ours. Meaning, beside this faith, there is no other. Beside this faith, there is no other path that we have to be able to follow, to be able to receive what God has got in store for us. We have said that this one faith is the one thing that numbs and paralyzes the devil in your life and in my life. And in our situations, we have said this faith that was, you know, that it becomes active because of the resurrection. Everything is made to be of effect because of him rising from the dead. His death at Calvary, it is made to be effective because he rises from the dead. His power, the power of his blood is made effective because of the resurrection from the dead. The power of his word, the word that he gives unto us, is made effective because of his resurrection from the dead. Everything about him takes effect and becomes powerful because of the resurrection, of his resurrection from the dead. If he had not been risen from the dead, even his stripes could not be of any use for us. And that is, as we always say, by his stripes we are healed. 
the stripes, our healing will not have taken effect if he had not been raised from the day. Our faith would have been futile. That is the reason why it is in this event of the resurrection, our victory was sealed. That is the victory that overcomes the world. The victory that makes you strong and powerful against the enemy. And as we have said, this faith is the one thing that the enemy, that is the devil, has not managed to grasp up to today. All through the years, he has not been able to grasp it. He cannot handle or block this particular faith. That this thing that has been living around to us, as we call it faith. He realized there is no mountain of the world, no situation and no storm. There is no valley that the world will place before us that can stop the faith that we have been given. That Jesus said, even if this faith is as small as a mustard seed, that is in Matthew 17, 20, that all that the world can try to put together cannot stop it. That is, it is as small as that, even if it is as small as a mustard seed, it will prevail. It always prevails. And so I encourage us yet once again, as we move on, don't, don't take, you know, don't handle your faith very, you know, flippantly. It is a very important thing that the Lord has given unto us because even if it is as small as a mustard seed, as his word says, it is able to prevail and it will prevail and it always prevails. We have said we don't produce it by ourselves. We cannot conjure it up, but we know it has been given unto you and it has been given unto us. And it is always given unto us as we look unto him that is looking unto Jesus. Looking unto him brings forth this particular faith, whether you are young or whether you are old, there is no difference. That looking unto the Lord Jesus will pull out that particular faith and bring it into action. So we have said Jesus is the author, as we have said at the beginning, he's the author of the faith. He's the one who has designed it. He's the one who created and put it together. And at the resurrection, he perfected that particular faith. He put it beyond the reach of the enemy. The enemy cannot reach it to be able to grab it from you. That's why Jesus said, whoever is in my hand, nobody can snatch him out of my hand or out of my father's hand because of that faith that he has placed in you and he has placed in me. It is a faith that resists what the enemy tries to do. We have been told it is one faith. It links us to one spirit. It links us to one body, to one baptism, to one Lord, to one God, and that is the Father of all. Realize all other faiths, when they, you know, they, they come up with various approaches to their gods, they have got different means and ways that they try to be able to point on how this God of theirs can be approached. But Jesus, when he comes, he does not give us any creed. You know, we, we ourselves, we came up with our creeds that we declare. Jesus didn't give us any creed. 
He did not give us even any statement or any declarations to be repeating over and over if at all we have to come close to him. The word of God simply tells us he gave us this one particular secret, looking unto him. He is the source and he is the answer of all that we look, we look unto. And that's where now we begin. He comes in John chapter 12, verse 27 and verse 32. To verse, 32, to verse 27 to verse 32. Hear what he says. As he declares, he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. But Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And listen, verse 32. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. That is essentially what I was saying. He did not leave us any creed or any statement or any declarations or anything like that to be repeating over and over or to be chanting like other, other faiths and what of you will say. He simply said, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all peoples. I will draw all men, young and old. I will draw all women, young and old, unto myself. He demonstrated the victory that overcomes the world every day of his life. Then he died and he rose again, as we have sang and testified, and even like the, 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 the poem that our sister Carol was reading as declaring unto us, and she has put it on the hope support. He rose again and he placed this victory beyond the reach of the evil one. He perfected this victory so that when you grasp it, you will start to live a different kind of life. And that's why it says, as you look to the Lord Jesus Christ, you come under that divine inspiration. As you look unto him, you come under that, you become divinely sensitive to the work and to the move of the Holy Spirit that starts to build up the faith of God in you. Realize he said, when I am lifted up, there are two types of lifting up that I look at when I read that particular scripture, and that's when I look at the resurrection. Men lifted him up, just as Gloria and Jay read in Isaiah 50, 53. Men and women, they mankind lifted him up and hung him on the cross. In collaboration with the devil, the humankind lifted Jesus up to reject him, to despise him, to ridicule him and to blaspheme, to blaspheme him, as the prophet Isaiah clearly paints that particular that particular scripture. But when it comes to God, the word of God tells us something else. God lifted him up, just in the, the scripture we have read. God said, "I have both glorified it and will glorify it again." He lifted up Jesus with a desire to be able to glorify him. That is, the Father raised him up. 
he exalted him above every other person. He exalted him above every other name, above every other power, above every other ideology, above every other faith, so that he and he alone may be your inspiration and he may be my inspiration. He was lifted up by the Father so that he may inspire that thing that overcomes the world in you and in me. And that thing is what we are calling faith. So we say he was lifted up by the Father so that he may inspire faith in you and in me. That is, as we look up unto him, as we look up unto the Lord Jesus Christ, that faith that overcomes the allurements of the world is born within our spirit. As we look unto the Lord Jesus Christ, we focus and we meditate on him. We read his word and we continue crying unto him to be manifested in our lives. That faith that breaks the spell of the hold of the world, you know, that faith is born in our lives. That faith that, you know, overcomes the traps of the enemy, the deceptions of the world, and every particular other kind of, you know, addictions that we experience in this particular world. That faith that overcomes, that's why the Father lifted him up. He says he exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. If you look, that is in Philippians, in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. The word of God says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord unto the glory of God the Father. So as we look at why the Father has lifted him up, and the Father lifted him up in the resurrection, that's why he got him out of that particular tomb. Just as our sister's sister declared in her poem, sickness will still be meandering its way around our bodies, never to be healed. Oppressions and depressions will still be coming and causing havoc in our lives if he had not risen. But he is risen. The Father has exalted him, therefore, above every other kind of thing. Why did he raise him up? He raised him up so that the words that Jesus now says unto us may take effect. And that is in John chapter 14, verse 6. The words that we know very well, they are the ones I want us to look at intently for this particular, this particular morning where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. As you consider those, those scriptures, we will read some three other scriptures and then we shall put everything together to see what it is that the Lord is speaking unto us on this resurrection in relation to this particular scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. With regard to the mystery of faith, the faith that overcomes the world. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he says, For in him, that is in the Lord Jesus Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you and I are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. 
He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've been lifted up from the earth so that I may become the way, the truth, and the life. I may become the inspiration that will bring faith for you to come into the way, faith for you to be able to find the truth, faith for you to be able to link up and find what true living is. So he says, in him is the fullness of the Godhead dwelling, and we are complete in him. Meaning, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no man and there is no woman who is complete. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says, for he is before all things, and in him all things consist. That is, Jesus is before all things, and in him everything consists. That is outside of him. We are like, you know, we, we, we have got so many loose ends that need to be brought together. But when our faith is focused on him, when we look onto the Lord Jesus, the loose ends of our lives, they start all of them coming into place. And that's why the scripture is encouraging you and encouraging me. Look unto Jesus. Regardless of what it is that we experience, he is inspiring us to look unto Jesus. Why? Because Acts chapter 17 verse 28 says something very interesting. He says, for in him, that is in the Lord Jesus Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being. Also, as your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. That is in the Lord Jesus, we live we move and we have our being. So he comes and he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. What, why? Because in the father is where our completeness is found. In the father is where you, are, you consist in me and I, you together. We consist in the father. Outside of him, we are nothing and we cannot be able to realize our purpose in life. So as you look unto the Lord Jesus, the word of God says he is the way. As we look unto him, it activates that particular faith that will start ordering our steps in the way that we are supposed to go. It brings us into that particular right connection that God has been wanting you to get into. It enables you to be able to make those particular right connections. In life, we make some very strange connections and we maybe burn our fingers or we regret why we made this particular connection, maybe with those without organization or with these particular people. But the word of God says, as we look unto the Lord Jesus, the faith to be able to find the way to go, that faith is activated. And I pray that we may be able to realize that 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 particular secret of looking unto him that it be able to bring out the faith that finds the right way you and I, we are supposed to go, the way that the church is supposed to go. Realize in Psalm 17 verse four, the psalmist says something interesting. He says, concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. That is, as we look unto the Lord Jesus, he will keep us away from the paths of the destroyer. Because in him, we start beholding where our foot is supposed to stay. 
He brings you into the right relationships for the honor of his name. Every other single faith, I always say, is muddled up like if you have cooked noodles, noodles or spaghetti, and you look at that particular plate, they are all of them intertwined and you know, entangled together. You can't be able to know the beginning from the ending. You can't be able to know what it is that is supposed to be. They are full of trial and error, hoping that it will land you somewhere, somehow. But not with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus tells us, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no confusion in him. Even at the crossroads, his word will come through for you and for me and shed light into the place where we are supposed to go because he says, I am the way. Look unto him and you'll find the way out of whatsoever kind of situation we might be in. The book of Proverbs says somewhere in Proverbs 15, 24, the way of, the, the way of life winds upwards for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. That is the way of, the, of life. It winds upwards for the, for the wise. And who are the wise? The wise are those that look upwards to him that has been lifted up. And as, as you look unto the Lord Jesus, the way that you are supposed to walk will appear before you. And he says, you will turn away from hell below. It will deliver you from destruction. It will deliver you from whatever scheme that the enemy has set against you. Remember what he says in the same Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. And, and essentially pointing, if we remove our eyes from the Lord Jesus Christ, we end up looking into our own ways, into our own means, into the suggestions of men and women, and we miss the path. Secondly, says Jesus is the truth. I believe many of you have handled the jigsaw, the jigsaw puzzle. If you have a jigsaw puzzle, say of, of 10,000 pieces, you will discover you can only build the, you know, the, the, the picture of that particular, the, the picture of that jigsaw if you are able to see the original picture. The broken pieces are put together with a picture in the background. It enables you to be able to put the whole picture together and you discover what a beautiful picture it is. And that's what the Lord is trying to teach us, that as we look unto the Lord Jesus, the faith of who you are and who I am is activated. That is, as we look unto the Lord Jesus, the full picture of who you truly are starts to appear before your eyes and before my eyes. And the encouragement he's telling us when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's telling us, do not wait to hear what others are saying about you. Do not wait to hear what has been described about you by others. He says, in him all things consist. In him we have our being. And the world desires us you know, to become whatever, or rather the world tells us, usually, you can become whatever you want to be. That's the encouragement we hear. Even we have been encouraged that by our children. And many times also we have encouraged our children in that particular way, that you can become whatever you want to be. 
meaning you can become anything, whichever anything it might be. But the word of God says, in him we consist, meaning there is a particular you, a particular purpose, a particular meaning that you and I, we are designed for. And when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why I say, don't wait for others to tell you. Look at him yourself. For he says, I am the way, son. I'm the way, daughter. I am the truth. Look to me. And you will start to discover who you are, what you are supposed to be. He wants us to sh awake, shake yourself and free yourself from every kind of illusion. And then, then he says, you know, for example, look at this, what, what happens to our young people. Most of the young generation and the celebrity adoration. People would like to dress the way that the celebrities dress. They want to make their hairstyles the way that celebrities make their hairstyles. You will even find some walking the way that the celebrities walk. In their mind, they start seeing them, they are exactly looking like that particular celebrity. They will even start talking the way that particular celebrity talks. And, but that is them. He says, we must stop living in the shadow of other men and women. Make a point today, I will not live in the shadow of another man or in the shadow of another woman. The truth is, nobody can see the full detail of you. Only your eyes, only my eyes are designed to be able to look into Jesus and link up with the person I really am because in him, I consist. In him, you consist. He says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. In 36, he says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. That is, as you look unto the Lord Jesus, he releases the fate of the real Jew into the settings of your life. As you look and focus onto him, think about him, meditate about him, sing about him, you will discover the person that you are supposed to be starts to take effect in you. You start to talk differently. You start to walk differently. You start to think differently. You start to act differently because of simply looking continually at the Lord Jesus. Your freedom and your release is found in knowing the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is what you are in God. And what you are in God is coined up, held up in this man, Jesus Christ. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth. Look to me and you will be able to see who you truly are. Take time, meditate on Jesus. Take time, read who Jesus is. Take time, listen to his word. Take time, mention his name over and over. Let make the habit of just singing out that particular name. Sing any sound, any rhythm, any rhythm, any sound, but just mentioning that name, Jesus. It is the name that has been given unto us. As you do that, you will start to behold in full color your purpose and your meaning in life you will start to like what you see. Many people don't like how they look like. They don't like how they appear. But as you look unto Jesus and you start discovering, oh no, that is exactly what I am. 
you will start to appreciate yourself. You will no longer look in the mirror and hate the, the person you are looking there. I've known many people who look at the mirror and they have said, they have, I've heard them, many people say, I am ugly. You try to talk to that man, you try to talk to that young man or that young lady, they say, no, 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 I am ugly. I look so bad. You know, they speak all forms of evil against themselves because they are trying to look at what the world has designed them to be. But he says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You will see the truth and the truth shall make you free. There's something interesting. You have been not called even to look at the apostles. He has not called you to look at Peter or to look at Thomas or John or Paul or Philip or Judas, whoever you, you look at. He says, looking unto Jesus. Because if you look at the apostles, you may look at Peter and find the place where Peter was denying Jesus. And you start thinking, oh, it is okay to deny him. I can deny him and get out of this trouble and then come back to him. No, you may look at Thomas and decide, oh, you've reached the place where Thomas doubted him and say, no, I must see it with my own eyes before I can believe this Lord Jesus. No, you look unto him by faith. Fix your mind on him. You may look at John. John, you know, the beloved, there's something interesting about him. One time they passed through Samaria and the Samaritans refused to receive Jesus. John told Jesus, Lord, can we call fire from heaven and burn these Samaritans, all of them, finish them? How can they refuse to receive you? If you look at John, you may destroy so many brothers and sisters because you don't like that brother, you don't like that sister. You will wake up and you'll be calling fire, burn Paul, burn so-and-so, burn sister so-and-so. You will be a destroyer at some point in your walk. But he tells us, look unto Jesus. You start discovering who you truly are. You are not a feather floating in the wind, hoping to land somewhere or anywhere. No, old or young makes no difference. The man or the woman that you are meant to be has not changed and has not shifted one bit. You are complete in him. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus. Look unto me. You will find the truth of what you are. Just like God drew a picture of you in his books long before you were born. Likewise, the world has drawn a picture of what it desires you to be. And you must be alert. If you are not alert, you will end up following the picture that the world has chosen or the picture that the world has drawn up for you. Hear what he says in Psalms, Psalms 139.16, he says, your, eye, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. God drew a picture of you in the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you know that he drew the picture of you in the Lord Jesus Christ? that our brother Randolph shared something very interesting in the Friday, in the, in the Friday fellowship. And it is something that I would like you to think, to, to think of. that is you can read yourself later on. That is in Colossians chapter one, from verse 15 up to around verse 20. The scripture puts up some very interesting concept that in him, he, you know, he was before all things and in he, he, all things were made by him and through him. That means 
God drew a picture of who you are supposed to be in his son. That's why he tells you and I, look unto me, look unto Jesus. Think of me, mention my name over and over. Sing about me, praise my name. As you do that, the picture of what you are will start forming in your mind, in your life, in your sight, in everything that you are. And my question for you today is, what picture are you? Look unto Jesus and discover the faith that paints the portrait of who you really are. Look to him and you know, see the true reflection of who you truly are. You will know the truth. And that truth, my brother, my sister, will make you free for the glory of God. And least of all, he says, Jesus is the light. And he says, look unto him and he will activate in you what life really is. You know, even in the church right now, in many churches, in the Christian lives, there are many who are walking like they are the living dead. They confess they believe in Jesus, but their lives, their lives portray the living dead. They walk like they are dead. They talk like they are dead. They, you know, they think like they are dead. But when you come to Jesus, when you look at Jesus, you discover what he says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Life takes a new turn when you discover the truth of what Jesus has in store for you. As you look to him, your eyes are enlightened and you start seeing the fullness of what living is all about. Psalm 33, verse 4 and 5 says, all the, all the works of God are done in truth. And he says, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. In, on earth, you can see the fullness of living as you look unto the Lord Jesus. He says in Psalm 16, you will show me the way of life. For in your presence is the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore at your right hand. As you look to the Lord Jesus, you discover the zest, you know, the zest for living, that gusto, that gusto for living, that relish for living. It starts to emanate in you as you continue fixing your eyes on him. You look away from your paining body, from the pain in relationship. You find the objectivity of living as you look unto Jesus because of the resurrection. You start walking, talking, thinking or acting like the man or the woman that you truly are. When you look to the right, you will see the victory of Jesus. You look to the left, you will see the victory of Jesus. You look in front and behind, you will see the victory of Jesus. You will no longer see others as a nuisance as you look at the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not regret and say that, why was I born in this family? Oh, why was I born in this race? As you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, because you start seeing what life really is. You will stop crying and saying, why did I marry this man? Or why did I marry this woman? You will start seeing in him or her a glimpse of the true man that you married or the true woman that you married. And your attitude will start to change as you look unto the Lord Jesus Christ. As you look unto him, it produces that faith in you that starts to build compassion in your spirit for mankind as a whole. And you start to see the benefit 
and the importance of that man or that woman or that brother or that sister for your well-being in your life. That is, as you look unto him, life becomes fulfilling. Even in the church, you'll discover we are one because of him. And that's what the Lord is looking for. As we look to him, you will see that love that covers a multitude of sin. It will start building that faith in you. You will be able to forgive and let go. This is the faith that overcomes the world as the Lord puts it. And finally, you will be able to answer this one question that how could God so love the world that he gave his only son? That question has always been the mind of many, but you will be able to answer that question as you look at Jesus, you will discover the father looked in him, in Jesus, and he saw the finished product of creation. He saw you and I when we are completely redeemed and restored, and he set his faith on sending Jesus to die so that you and I, we could be able to find the way. So least of all, remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus. It is the mystery of faith that the resurrection brought up him from the dead so that the faith may be born in us because without the way, there's a song we used to sing, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. Jesus says, I am the way, look to me, you will start going. You know, I'm the truth, look to me, you will start knowing. And I am the life, look to me, you will start living for the glory of God. Let us pray. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor for the mercy and the grace of salvation. That we come unto you because Jesus has resurrected from the dead. We celebrate today because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, we are complete in him. Let it be that every one of us today, we may be able to lift up our eyes and look unto you afresh. And in the days that are ahead, may we never remove our eyes from you. May our feelings, may our emotions go unto you words, dear Lord Jesus. May our mind, may our conversations, Lord, gear towards you, Son of God, that the way, the truth, and the life that you are, which you are meant to be in each one of our lives, will arise and start being made manifest for the honor of God. Our healing, our restoration shall be fully realized in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Grace, we are back to you.